speaks to what I'm speaking on today. So we're going to go with that, hey? So the Holy Spirit knows, doesn't he? So Lord, we want to thank you for this time together as family in your presence. And we just uh, welcome the ministry of your spirit amongst us even more. We just yield to you. We yield to your word. We yield to the ministry of your spirit. We just yield to you in this moment because we recognize that without you, we are nothing. And apart from you, we can do nothing. Lord, mold us and shape us that we would reflect your glory more and more and more. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about breakthrough worship. Stand firm and worship, breakthrough worship, because the, the testimony that Frank shared from last week about what happened up Anzac Hill was something that's just continued to resonate with me over the last week, and it continues to speak because there's so many principles that are in play, and I really feel that God is speaking to us because we go through stuff, don't we? Hands up who goes through stuff. Not everybody. That's amazing. You're like, you need to lay hands on those that don't go through stuff. Like, hands up who's going through something now. Be bold. Kind of some stuff. Stuff. The stuff. But how we go through the stuff actually matters, doesn't it? How we go through stuff actually matters. In the midst of the stuff, the enemy wants us to focus on him, you know, on, on the bad stuff on the stuff that's not happening, on the circumstances, on the wind, on the waves, and all that kind of stuff. But in the midst of that, you know, God is wanting to grow us up. He's wanting to mature us. He's wanting us to stand and focus on Him and see what He will do. Amen? And that's ultimately what happened up Anzac Hill as the crows took the high places and as they were mocking us in a sense. That's pretty good crow noise, isn't it? That was, that was actually pretty good. You know, they were just kind of like mocking us in that sense. And, sorry, I got carried away there. And, but it was just, no, focus on Jesus. Focus on Him, worship Him, lift Him up. It was so simple. We weren't singing some song that, that contained 10,000 words. We were just singing some basic words as we were exalting Jesus in the heart of our nation. Amen. And that's what my prayer is that. My prayer is that I actually believe that we could get to a place where as we come in and as the musicians start playing skillfully to the Lord, that we just come in and we just start to worship. And everyone is just starting to sing their song unto the Lord. And just like we got a little snippet of it this morning, that there's a chorus that begins to rise because people are singing their song to the Lord. And we begin to worship and there's a sound of heaven that is beginning to be heard in this place. But it will continue. It won't just be for a minute or two, but it will continue and continue and continue. And out of that, spontaneous songs will come. Okay, one, one, one person wants to see that. <laughs> That's what it is. So we were just worshipping Jesus. And there was a prophetic thing that happened. It was like the Lord, which we're going to look at in a minute in 2 Chronicles 20, sent a spirit of confusion into the crows who were mocking us. And they began to fight against each other. They turned on each other. Doesn't that sound like Scripture? 
So many times, not just with Jehoshaphat, but other times, the Lord sent an ambush. There was a spirit of confusion. There was something that happened, and the enemy took itself out. Woo! You see, worship is a lifestyle. 100%. Biblically, worship is a lifestyle because it's about the position of our heart to the Lord. And that's why you can worship the Lord doing the dishes. You can worship the Lord mowing the lawn. You can worship the Lord helping someone. Whatever it may be, you can worship the Lord because it's about the position of your heart. You can worship Him as you put chairs out on a Friday afternoon. It's true, isn't it? And yet, worship through song is right throughout Scripture. Worship through song is right throughout Scripture. You cannot say that we cannot worship the Lord through song because song is right throughout Scripture. And the beautiful thing about it is that you are all songwriters. Do you recognize that you are all songwriters? You may not write a song that gets sung and played by these people and by other people around the world, but yet you are actually writing a song. The Psalms are full of people that wrote songs to the expression of their heart. And sometimes it was, God, why have you forsaken me? Where are you? But then David would say, yes, I will trust in the Lord. My hope is in the Lord. He would speak to himself. My soul will bless the Lord. Whatever it was, he was writing songs. And the the sons of Korah and others, they're writing songs and you're writing a song that only you can sing in this moment. I can't sing your song. So when the worship team are just playing some chord progressions, it's your chance to sing your song, to let the song out. And you know, the other beautiful thing is it doesn't say you have to sing in tune. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. But you know, the Father's ear is inclined to you. He's not focused on what we may focus on in all that person's out of tune, out of pitch, because he looks at your heart. He's not looking at at the external things. He looks at the heart, and that's why time and time again, Scripture says, don't judge by external uh, experiences, appearances. Don't judge people by external appearances, and that happens all the time. People judge by external appearances, but we've got to get to know the heart. Is there an Amen. You don't know what the person behind you has been going through this week. And, it, you know, it's so easy to speak over someone or judge someone over something, but you have no idea what is actually going on in their life at this time. Maybe we need to get better at asking how are you and what's happening in your life before we make judgments. Is that okay? Because that's love to a whole new level. Whole new level. I could get sidetracked, but I'll leave that for another day. Worship is right throughout Scripture. Moses, you know, Exodus 15, it's a song that was sung. Moses was writing songs. They were singing songs unto the Lord. David, well, we know David and all his psalms, you know, day and night, night and day. Let incense arise. Psalm 134, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who minister by night in the house of the Lord. 
Lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. And may the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. Day and night, night and day, let incense rise. We read it in Revelation, day and night. They never stop saying, day and night, night and day. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. There are songs that have been sung right throughout the ages and they are recorded in Scripture. Jehoshaphat, they sang to the Lord in the midst of the battle. They sang to the Lord. Paul and Silas in prison, they sang to the Lord. They were worshipping the Lord. The church, people say, wow, I don't read that much in the New Testament. It's actually everywhere. Here's just a little example, Ephesians 5. Do not get drunk with wine, which, read, which leads to reckless living, debauchery, but be filled by the Spirit, or keep being filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing. Singing. And making music with your heart unto the Lord. How cool is that? And of course, Revelation. So many examples. Worthy, holy, hallelujah. They're singing. Scripture is full of songs. And you notice it when there is a move of God that starts to happen, songs start to come. Sounds are released. Songs are released. People can't stop singing. The Brownsville Revival in 94, you know, they just kept singing and singing. Six hours later, they were still singing. Look what the Lord has done. Or whatever they were singing. Send the fire, which is actually a William Booth song, Blood and Fire. True worship has us focused on the Lord, amen. Not the waves, not the winds, not the person, not the circumstance. But true worship has us focused on the Lord. Breakthrough comes when we fix our eyes on the Lord and worship Him. That God is wanting to do something in us. We always look at what God is, you know, we go, God, what are you doing for me? What are you doing around me? No, God, what are you doing in me? God, what are you doing in me? Because whatever he does in me will cause something to shift around me. In the midst of the battle, the circumstances, the, the trials, the injustices, the stuff that happens, and I think we're going to see more of that. I don't want to speak that out just because I want to speak that out, but we're going to see more stuff happen in our nation. We're going to see God do amazing stuff. Amen. But we're going to see some stuff that's going to go, oh. In the midst of stuff, we have to have our eyes focused on the Lord's. In the midst of the circumstance, you have to have your focus on Him. Because whatever, whatever you focus on, you magnify. Whatever you focus on, you magnify. So if you focus on someone's fault, you're going to see it time and time again. No, I'm not, I'm not focusing on Guy. He was just like there. Do you know what I'm saying? If you focus on the circumstance... If you focus on a circumstance, it doesn't matter how big or how small it is, if you focus on the circumstance, you end up magnifying it. We'll get to that in a minute. Matthew 6. No, 
Hang on, let's finish that. In the midst of the circumstance, in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the trial, you focus on Him. Something begins to shift in here. Something starts to shift in here. Because all of a sudden it's like, God, I give that to you. God, the battle is yours. The victory is yours. I give that to you. I'm going to worship you. That's what was happening up the top of Anzac Hill. The crows were flying around and they're, nah, 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 nah. You know, but we were like, no, we're just going to focus on Jesus. We weren't casting out spirits. We weren't dealing with, you know, darkness, spiritual things. We were just focused on Jesus and we were just worshipping him. Something happens in here. Was it, was it Smith Wigglesworth that woke up one morning and Satan was the end of his bed and he went, oh, it's just you and went back to sleep? Yeah, it was. You know, like, whoo, come on. That's just fixing your eyes on the Lord right there. When we have our eyes fixed upon the Lord more and more and more and more, other stuff just starts to fall off. Stuff that used to cut deep doesn't cut as deep, does it? Because our eyes are fixed upon the Lord. In Matthew 6, Jesus said, you know, wherever your treasure is, your heart is also. Whatever we fix ourselves on, we worship. Whatever we fix ourselves on, we worship. Can be possessions, can be people, can be, can be jobs, can be money, can be whatever. Whatever we fix ourselves on, we, we worship. Well, let's fix our eyes upon Jesus. And let us, let us be known more and more for people that worship Him. Is there an Amen. Some worship the, cre- the creation rather than the creator. Yeah? There's a lesson for us in this. We're not to worship creation. We're meant to worship the creator. We're meant to seek the reviver, not, the rev- not revival. We're meant to seek the healer, not the healing. We're meant to seek the provider, not the provision. We're meant to seek the giver, not the gift. As we seek God, He is our healer. He is our provider. He is. He is. He is. He is. He is. So we fix our eyes on Him and we worship Him. But whatever we focus on, we magnify. And when we magnify it, we can actually miss God. We can miss God in the circumstance because we're focusing on what we shouldn't be focusing on. We know, most of you would probably know the story about the spies being sent out into the land of Canaan. If not, go back and read Numbers 13. Write it down, go and read it. But the, the shortened version is this. The Lord said to Moses, send the men out to scout the land of Canaan that I am giving to the Israelites. That's a pretty clear statement. Send the men out to the land that I'm giving to you, that I'm giving to my people, I'm giving to the Israelites. So off these guys went, Joshua and Caleb were there and there were 10 others, they were going out and they were scouting the land and they all saw the same thing, kind of. They did see the same thing, but then some focused on one thing and others focused on the other. And we can all be like that at times. What do we focus on? Where is our focus? Where is our vision? Are we looking at what God is showing us with eyes of faith? Or are we seeing the other stuff and going, that's not possible? 
This is worship. They came back and they gave this amazing report. They held up the produce. There was a cluster of grapes which was carried on a pole by two men. It was so big. Can you imagine how big that cluster of grapes it was? I mean, we just we just we had, we had a big hand of bananas a few weeks ago, and that was like, oh, yep, just got enough in me to carry the hand of bananas. You know, 176 or whatever they were, and they were big things, and you're carrying them. Can you imagine the cluster of grapes? That was so big that two men had to carry it on poles. Here's the fruit of the land. Look at the way that it produces. It was a land, they said, was flowing with milk and honey. Indeed, it's flowing with milk and honey. And here's some of its fruit. But then some people said, however, the people living in the land are strong. The cities are large and fortified. We saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites are living in the Negev. The Hethites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, they're all there. We, we can't do it. This land is amazing. It truly is amazing. It is so amazing. But you see, they'd forgotten the statement. Send out the land that who was giving to them? The Lord was giving to them. See, go and look at the land that I am giving. Except Caleb. He was the spokesperson. Joshua was there. We can take possession of the land. We can do it. You see, throughout Scripture, you know, you know if people have been spending time with the Lord. Moses spent time with the Lord and Joshua was like, I'm staying in the tent. Moses had you know, done his thing and he was living and it said Joshua stayed in the tent. He stayed. No wonder he was a man of faith. No wonder he was the one that led the Israelites to take the promised land. Because he'd spent time face to face in that context with God. And you know, God was doing something in, in here. Whenever we spend time face to face with God, he's doing something in here. It says in Corinthians 13, um, chapter 3, that as we behold the Lord in His glory, we are changed from one degree of glory to another. Whenever we behold the Lord, He's doing something in here. Something's shifting, something's breaking, something's being molded. Caleb and Joshua were those people. They focused on the Lord. They were worshippers. And when God said, this is what, I, this is what I'm going to do, they said, yes and amen. Are we yes and amen people? Or are we but people? Oh, that probably doesn't sound good. Are we how, 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 however people? However. You know what I'm getting at. Let's look at some examples biblically. Let's just look at a few others. Moses. Moses carried a heart of worship. In Exodus 14. Let me just turn there. 
We're going to do something today on the back of this message. We're not just going to sing a song and go home. We're going to activate something today. Exodus 14. Verse 10. So they'd left. They come up to the, to the sea in front. It says in verse 10, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and they saw that the Egyptians were coming after them. The Israelites were terrified and they cried out to the Lord for help. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in this wilderness? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Whenever there's pressure, it actually reveals what's in here. When you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. When you squeeze an apple, you get good, good. This is good education. Whenever you are squeezed, whatever, whatever is in here comes out. You cannot hide it when the pressure is on. You cannot hide it. Whatever is in here will come out. It's like a pimple that you pop. It, it just comes. Whatever. That was what was in their hearts. They hadn't fully turned to the Lord. There was something still in their hearts. There was something still in them that wasn't fully trusting God in spite of the miracles that they'd seen, in spite of the amazing power and manifestations of God. They'd seen there's something they still didn't trust God. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you will see the Lord's salvation. You will see his deliverance. Just stand firm. You will see it. We all need that at times, don't we? Someone just to remind us, come in. Stand firm. You will see the salvation of the Lord. You will see what he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. Just be still. You see, Moses saw. He saw. Yes, he saw. He saw the water in front of him. He saw the Egyptians behind him, but he saw the Lord. <laughs> and there is the breakthrough. Fix your eyes on him. Fix your eyes what is on what is unseen. David. David was called a man after God's own heart in Acts 13 verse 22. Wasn't he? Look at his Psalms. Just just look at some of his psalms. Psalm 63. I can't do this justice. Uh-oh. God, you are my God. I eagerly seek you. I thirst for you. My body longs for you. In a land that is dry and desolate and without water. So I gaze upon you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory. My lips will glorify you because your faithful love is better than life. So I will bless you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up 
my hands because you satisfy me with rich food. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I think of you as I lie on my bed, I meditate on you during the watches of the night because you are my helper. I will rejoice in the shadow of your wings. My soul follows hard after you and your right hand upholds me. There's a worshiper. Lord, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are. Psalm 27 is probably one of my favorites. If I had to have a verse, it'd be Psalm 27, verse 8. He says in verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. We were talking about this at group on Thursday night. David was being pursued at this moment. David had people coming after him. He wasn't sitting by the beach at Bagara. He wasn't up on the mountainside, you know, with just the beautiful. He was being pursued. And in the midst of that circumstance, he said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom? Whom? Whom shall I dread? Whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers come against me to devour my flesh, my foes and my enemies, they stumble and fall. Though a whole army is deployed against me. How would we feel in that moment? My heart will not be afraid. Though a war breaks out against me, I will still be confident. This one thing I've asked of the Lord, this is what I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. Let me just skip through to verse (laughs) 8. When you said, seek my face, my heart said, your face I will seek. No wonder in 1 Samuel, verse 16, when Saul was being tormented by a spirit, he called for David and said, David, will you just play? And as David would play his heart, the spirit would leave that place, would, 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 would lift off Saul and this beautiful presence of the Lord. David carried something. He carried the presence of God. He was a worshipper. The reason David could take on the bear and the lion, the reason David could take on Goliath was because he was a worshipper, because his focus was on the Lord. It wasn't focused on the circumstances or stuff around him. His focus was on the Lord. That's how he took on Goliath. That's how we are meant to take on any battle, any circumstance, any situation with our focus upon the Lord. Jehoshaphat, I'm trying not to take too long, Jehoshaphat, chapter 20, the Lord really, you know, spoke this to us in in Alice, do not be afraid, that is an army, there's a battle here and the God says, do not be afraid or discouraged because of their vast number, for the battle is not yours, but the battle is the Lord's. 
Do not be afraid because of their vast number. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. For this battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. Tomorrow go down against them and you will see them come up from the ascent of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the valley facing the wilderness of Jeruel. You do not have to fight this battle. Position yourself. Stand firm. And you will see the salvation of the Lord. He is with you, Judah and Jerusalem. He is with you, son and daughter of God. He is with you. He is with you. The Lord is with you. The Lord, strong and mighty, is with you. Position yourself. Stand still. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance, the salvation. Jehoshaphat, this is his response. He knelt down low with his face to the ground. And all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord in worship. Can you imagine that? All the circumstances happening around and they all just lay down prostrate on the floor in worship, in total trust, in total confidence that God would do what he said he would do. Then the Levites from the sons of the Kohathites and the Korites stood up and began to praise the Lord of God, shouting loudly. I said, loudly. Oh, okay. Anyway, might have to get a bit louder. In the, in the morning they got up early and they went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they were about to go out, Jehoshaphat stood and he said, Hear me, Judah, and believe me, inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and his prophets and you will succeed. Oh, sorry. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. And then he appointed, then he consulted with some of the people and he appointed some to sing for the Lord and some to praise the splendor of his holiness. And when they went out in front of the the, the armed forces, they kept singing, give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. Here was the army, but the worshippers went first. That is not natural. You want shield bearers. You want people that are holding up stuff to stop the, 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 the stuff coming the other way. No, no, it was worship. It was worship. It was singing. It was we're singing songs of praise, thanksgiving. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Can you imagine that with an army coming against you? Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. We should get excited about this kind of stuff. The moment they began their shouts and their praises, the Lord sent an ambush against the Ammonites, Moabites, and all the inhabitants. The Lord did it. The Lord did it. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord is the overcomer. He will do it. He's just looking for people who will stand and worship him. Finally, Paul and Silas, Acts 16. Haven't got time to read it. In prison, beaten, flogged, whipped, put down in a dark, dark, dark dungeon, mud, dirt, grime, locked in. And at midnight, they just began to worship. And as they worshipped him, the Lord moved. And all their chains come off. And all the doors flung open wide. 
and they were like, woo, freedom. But then they realized in that moment it wasn't just about them, but it was all of a sudden about others around them. There was salvation that came through that. There was salvation, not just for them as in terms of deliverance, but there was salvation for others. Ephesians 10 says, stand firm. It's about positioning yourself. Whatever you are facing, what, whatever is before you right now, music team, you can, you can come. Whatever is before you right now, whether it's a circumstance, whether it's a, a situation with a person, whether it's financial, whether it's physical, whether it's material, whether it's spiritual, whatever you are facing right now, turn to the Lord and make Him your focus. Turn to the Lord and make Him your focus. He is the way maker. He is the chain breaker. He is, he is, he is. We have to stop learning to, sorry, we have to stop fighting in our own strength. We have to learn to stop fighting our, the battles in our own efforts and our own strength because the arm of flesh will fail us, but God never fails us. He's doing something in us because there's so many spiritual battles around us. There's battles everywhere. There's stuff going on. But do we give them the airtime or do we focus on the Lord and begin to worship Him? I did marriage counselling once. I've done it more than once. Because you know what happens is it becomes, you're the problem. No, you're the problem. It's really easy to focus on the other person. It doesn't have to be a marriage thing. It could be a friendship thing. They're the problem. No, no, no. They're the problem. But I'll talk about marriage for a minute. Whenever I go into that space, the first question I ask is, how is your relationship with the Lord going? That's the first question. Because the reason there's become a problem between the two of them is because they're not walking with the Lord as they used to. Something has gotten in somewhere. And so what we do is we go back to their relationship with the Lord. And as their relationship with the Lord is righted again, as Jesus is truly their first love again, you know, everything else just starts to be corrected. It's true. We're not called to be a successful church in the eyes of the world. We are called to be victorious in Christ. And there is a big difference between successful. Successful, you can have, you can have a thousand people. You can have all the money you need. You can have every ministry under the sun. Or you can be victorious. Victorious in Christ. Overcomer, 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 overcomer. Whatever your battle is right now, maybe it's that you feel like, I just want to get a bit bolder for Jesus. I want to share my faith with people. I want to pray for people. I want to help people. Whatever the battle is right now, we're going to worship the Lord. There's no point hearing about worshiping. Jesus says, in this world, you will have much trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. 
Why don't you give Jesus praise this morning? Why don't you, why don't you give him the praise this morning? It has been a dream or a prayer of mine that the, for, for, for 20 years or more that the Lord would get all the glory. All the glory. What I mean by that is as we worship Him, as we focus on Him, even right now in this moment, that as you give whatever the situation is before you, as you give it to Him, your health, your family, your finances, your business, as, well, um, a personal relationship, whatever that is right now, that God will fight for you, that God will break through. That people will come in carrying stuff and they will go out healed and whole in Jesus' name. And that people will say, look what the Lord has done. He has done great things. It wasn't, look what this person did. They prayed for me or this person that. But it's, look what the Lord has done. He has done great things for me. So I want you to act in faith today. And if you want to come out of those seats and you want to come down the front, you can come. If you want to go down the back, you can go down the back. It's not about the front or the back. It's, you know what I'm trying to say. Get out of your seat. If there's something that's in, something that's before you right now, whatever that circumstance, whatever that situation, whatever it is, give it to God right now. Right now, give it to Him. And as we begin to raise a hallelujah, I want you to let go and I want you to let God. I want you to give Him your finances, your family, your businesses, whatever it is before you, I want you to give it to Him. And I want you to focus 100% on Him and just see what He's going to do. How cool it would be to come back next Sunday and hear testimonies. I was worshipping the Lord this week and I had a situation in my family and God did this. Or that. So we got to worship Him before we do anything else. Is that right? Come on. We're going to raise a hallelujah first and we're just going to see what happens. So just let go and just let God this morning. Jesus, just give it all to God today. Just give it all to Him today. Just worship Him. Just lift your voices today in this place.